Welcome to a new trip of Down the Rabbit Hole. Carl, how are you today? I'm wonderful, Rafa. It's only a couple of days to Christmas. Yes, we're so close to it. We're in the festive mood. And we have to talk about what has been going on in the year mm. uh, related to science <laughs> and all kind of uh, interesting tech news as well. Yeah, stuff. Yes, stuff. So that's what the show is going to be about today. News, tech news, science news. For 2015. For 2015. And we, first of all, want to remind you to... Give us a, ra a rating on iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. Uh, and we have another news now. You can listen to us through Stitcher. So if you like Stitcher, you have the app, you like to use Stitcher for listening to uh, other radios, for news, for whatever else, you can now find the rabbit hole, down the rabbit hole in there. And you can find a link very easy in today's show notes. And if you have any other news that we're missing here that you think we should have said, as always, leave us a comment yeah. in the show notes. Send us an email. You just can go just to the contact form, darkmindradio.com slash contact or in Facebook. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Yeah. So let's start with uh, actually a very interesting news from... Uh, Related to artificial intelligence. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's this um, interesting statement that was issued only maybe the last two weeks. Um, prominent tech industry executives pledge a billion dollars to fund a development of a artificial intelligence, but through an open project. So that means that mass participation is possible in terms uh -huh. of sharing the tools and the code and so on. And what is interesting about it, kind of two points really, because it's an open project, that means that it is essentially a non-profit. And, uh -huh. and the other kind of stated goal that they've uh, made very clear is that They are looking to create an artificial intelligence that, shall we say, has the best interests of mankind at heart. So they're trying to get a step ahead of Dr. Evil uh -huh. developing his version, which will obviously destroy us all, um, probably over a weekend. Um, so they are countering that with this kind of, I think they're calling it, an altruistic AI. Mm -hmm. So it's going to look after us in our dosage. But, uh, do you think that something like the the laws that uh, Isaac Asimov invented for robots? The three laws. The yeah. three laws. Do you think those would apply to this kind of uh, artificial intelligence? I don't. Well, I suppose. Um, is there really any difference between an AI that's in a kind of an androidy body uh -huh. and, and it being in a fixed location. I yeah. I don't know. Maybe... Robots in factories, for example. For example. So I suppose if you've got a AI in a fixed location, your ultimate control over it is to uh, pull the plug out. Although uh -huh. if you watch enough sci-fi movies, you know that is not possible, right? Uh -huh. They never... They can... 
never unplug it, can they? No. They they do unplug it, but it carries on working. Somehow. Yeah. Mysteriously. Well, it'd be a very short movie. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> if you can just go, well, just flick that switch there. Yeah, <laughs> turn on the switch. Well, you know what's basically the problem? Yeah. How do you approach that switch? Exactly. <laughs> if self-preservation is in the... Yes. Uh, I, th- I think we've all the, seen the movies yeah. where the lasers come out of yeah. very odd places when you try to unplug yeah. it, right? So, yes. <laughs> so, this is an interesting... Um, it's an interesting move, and the kinds of people behind it are... I, I think this move hmm? counteracts a little bit, do you think, that l- letter yeah. that puts puts pressure on stopping the development of artificial intelligence. Of which, particularly, the guy, Alan Musk, uh-huh. um, the um, the guy who obviously runs SpaceX, the launch operation company. And not only that. And Tesla Motors, and of course. And Tesla. Right, he is one of the guys who signed that letter uh-huh. saying that uh, artificial intelligence is the an existential threat. So that's very interesting, right? Well, he wants to be in on the end game. Uh huh. But also, it's not the only news uh, that uh, Elon Musk uh, is included today. That's actually, right. that's right. They, he made a lot of news <laughs> this he, year, he's... along with Tesla. In fact, with all the new models of cars being released, electric cars. Of course, of it's course. has been revolutionary, practically. But I think the the news that came out in the last couple of days to do with spacex oh yeah and um and the rockets the rockets uh-huh um because obviously it's the first occasion on which um a, a satellite in fact it was a multi satellite launch uh-huh um the booster stage then uh, navigated its own way back to the launch point oh. and landed back at Cape Kennedy within 10 minutes of it taking off from the launch pad. Yeah. And it, that is a first. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, there was another company, there is another company called, who, who is a competitor of SpaceX, but they're not at the same developmental stage called Blue Origin. Now, Blue Origin are owned by... Is owned by Amazon. Amazon. Actually, yeah. Uh-huh. Now the thing about Blue Origin is they also managed to return a booster to the landing stage about a month ago, but, but, it, but it never achieved an orbital um, velocity. That that the important thing is that it was not just launched mm. to see if it can return. Exactly. It launched and deployed, dispatched Six. eleven. Oh, eleven satellites. Eleven right? communication satellites before it returns in an upright position. I mean, that is an astounding achievement. Yes, it is. Um, and I was watching the uh, control room when uh, uh-huh. it was going through the final stages of launching the 11th satellite and then the Turning, booster did yeah. the manoeuvre and then it came back in and I had to do the braking and the manoeuvring and the and people were wow. literally fainting with excitement in the... <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Usually when rockets until now are launched... They're gone. They're, they're gone. It's yeah. just... Garbage is at false, and that's it. And what Elon Musk is saying is that uh, with this reusable booster technology, it could halve the cost per kilogram of launch costs. Reduced. Which is huge. A lot. It's huge. I'm, I don't know whether you know this, but um, uh-huh. 
the Iron Man movies, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Stark in the Iron Man movies. Reminds me of him, right? He was modelled on Elon Musk. He Makes was, sense. He was the inspiration. Makes sense, For yeah. that character. Uh-huh. And the, I think it was one of the... Is that, is that like a fact? That yeah. You can look it up. Okay, it interesting. Of, it was either the director or one of the main producers spent time with Elon Musk. Uh-huh. And influenced the development of that character in the in the movie. In the movie, because... Uh, or do you think that himself modeled himself on the character of Tony Stark of the comics? Because uh, the character exists well, since a long time ago. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think. I think it was the other way. I think it was the other way around. I think it was that he's such an extraordinary engineer. Uh-huh. Um, considering where he came from, was which was really a software background. Yeah. But obviously he has a lot of, clearly a lot of engineering background there as well. Um. Because, as you know, I would never call software engineering. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, he is an extraordinary entrepreneur engineer, isn't he? Yeah. Extraordinary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway. And we have other news, like uh, uh, this is related to nanotech. Because mm, we like a bit of nanotech, don't we? That, that's fascinating, On no? Down the rabbit hole, we love that stuff. Yes. Uh, Anita Goel. Goel? Yeah of the company NanoBioSim decided to invent that tricorder. Which we all know where that We all know from. where that word comes from. Yeah. Star Trek, which uh, used to be the medical tool yeah, that they the, were passing through the... the bones used the, to use. Yes, you know, and tra- repairing and yeah. doing it everything. It, it did everything, right? Yeah, everything. It's yeah. fantastic. It, yeah. That little, like, a thing. <laughs> Just yeah, passing it through you and where you were healed. Yeah. So... She invented, uh, decided to invent, uh, invent it and has the potential to transform healthcare itself. Absolutely. And she spent, she has spent 20 years pursuing yes. It's a lot. And uh, this gene rather could have a huge effect on real-time diagnostics for infectious disease. Yeah. So that is also great in, in these times when you start to see some kind of epidemics. Well, what? she was motivated by was the fact that she couldn't get her head around why uh, in this day and age uh-huh. so many diagnostic services and tools were centralized and it meant that you had to go to um, a hospital or um, a regional medical center uh-huh. To have a simple blood test. A blood test and complete big, uh, yeah. you know, and complicated machines, big ones. Yeah. And the test takes six weeks and all this stuff. Yeah. So she made it her mission to create this diagnostic tool, which yeah. if you follow the links uh, in the podcast notes, you'll see yeah. is about the size of an iPad. Yes, it's an iPad, uh, iPad size tool. Yeah. And takes human DNA samples and you, uses the device to uh, mobile applications to determine the nature of a disease by its genetic fingerprint. Within a couple of minutes. In that moment. It's incredible. Just like uh, other tests have been done the same. Yeah. For example, to measure the glucose in your blood. Yeah. Now we have these little things that everybody can buy in a pharmacy. Yeah. You pinch your finger mm. and you can measure your level of uh, 
glucose well, or you can measure your uh, uh, blood pressure as I well. mean you can imagine for example the f- the not too distant future might be that instead of g- having to travel let us say you're in Africa or uh-huh. you know remote regions where they just have not got medical infrastructure that you could have even a local shop could mm. have one of these tools in there yes sponsored by the world health organization or something uh-huh. and you can just go and get tested in a couple of minutes and you get your results and you get your results and then and then you die because there's no medicine <laughs> that's a but topic at least, for another <laughs> at least you know what you're dying of and i think it's yeah, important you, you will know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. instead of saying i'm dying of fill in the blank you actually know what it is but I think the important thing about these kinds of technology developments is that they are heading, it's showing a direction of travel, isn't it, towards uh-huh. a much more, it's almost liberating medical technology in that it's breaking it free of the laboratory uh-huh. and making it almost almost a retail operation, almost a personal operation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can see that at some point, maybe in 15 years' time, 20 years' time, yeah, uh, this will just be something you plug in a port on your computer. Your computer or your mobile a, phone. <laughs> be, yeah, be it a laptop or whatever it is, whatever is going on then. Because nowadays you can, you can have all kind of... Uh uh, medical s- smart things well, you, like you for the wearables, glucose, your wearables. Yeah. You can measure there yeah. your uh, heartbeat. Yeah. Well, no, you can just maybe uh, connect through via Bluetooth. Yeah. And you get your results. So straight in your phone in your app. Yeah. That generates maybe in the cloud a report and yeah. for your doctor to watch and see or yeah. check. You know? So you know, right now it measures. Or a maybe, hospital in case of an emergency. Exactly, you might call an ambulance for you. Right? Yeah. Yeah, of course, you live in a country where there are no ambulances, but... You know. <laughs> Again, that's another story. That's another story. <laughs> so, the, so the thing is, at the moment, your wearables kind of measure your heart rate. Yeah, um, it's advancing. But it's, yeah, when when is this gene radar technology going to end up in a wearable that you put on your wrist, right? Uh-huh, yeah, also. So it's going to happen, right? I do believe so, yes. But of course it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And then exoplanets. Yeah, another favorite. Oh, yes. Ones, right? And this news is uh, very recent. Very. From December 18th. Mm-hmm. It was announced that a planet has been found orbiting a red dwarf, um, and it's only 14 light years away. Now, as we know... Which is really nothing. I mean, well, it's pretty close. As we know, a light year used to be quite a long way. But, yeah. But now, it's it's not that far. Yeah, if you consider... We just need a warp drive. That is all <laughs> we need, right? So, the sooner we can develop a warp drive, which is the subject of another podcast. Yes, yes. Um, the sooner we can go and take a look. But this planet is in the Goldilocks zone, which is the... Oh, yeah. Like Earth is. Exactly. It's in the region where the temperatures are such that liquid water can exist. Uh Some people call it the ecosphere of the star. Exactly. So it is in that area, and the star is called 
um, Wolf 1061. Mm-hmm. That sounds very science fiction-y. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, in fact, I think there was a wolf, a star named Wolf in the Star Trek universe somewhere. Uh-huh. I think there was That's a big wolf. battle there. Uh-huh. So we could end up going there and just finding a lot of wreckage. Uh-huh. And, of course, the planets have um, letters. <laughs> yeah, so... Named by the name of the star. Actually, yeah, maybe... We another, have B, maybe, C, D. Exactly. Maybe not everybody knows that, that when they find a planet, they give it a letter... And the the star in the middle of the system is where is just the number. Uh-huh. So then the first planet out is A. So this one I think is um, Wolf one hundred six one B B. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, C actually. C C and D could be there, both of them actually. But I mean, clearly, eventually, when we go there, we're going to have to come up with a catchier name than that. Oh, obviously. But. For now. And then you start to think again, what kind of life could develop in those, if there is any. Well, the the interesting thing about all this planet-finding stuff that's going on, and of course with um, the John, um, the probe that they're going to launch shortly. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What's it called? The, um, um, uh, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, that is... A planet hunter as well, and the idea is that it locates Earth-sized planets in, hopefully, the Goldilocks zone around stars, uh-huh. and then other astronomers can turn their instruments on those stars, looking for other information. So, for example, the SETI project uh-huh. can then focus on those locations to look. That sounds for very. Very good. It's almost like having, um, you know, a, a street address to go directly to look at rather yeah. than just looking at the whole town. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's... We, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, the SETI program uh, has been running for such a long time. Yeah. There have been signals that have been uh, yeah. very particular. I think something like uh, 16. Yeah. I don't recall right now exactly the number. Signals that uh, could qualify as something but they're not sure they're not sure and none of them lasted long enough to exactly for us to build the one uh-huh. old device that clearly <laughs> yeah like contact style yeah, yeah. exactly and yeah it is very very interesting stuff isn't it yes so, um what else were we going to say about exoplanets um well more about space an asteroid uw-158 uh, oh, yeah. which recently soon passed earth very interesting object. Yes, and it's made of staggering $5 trillion in platinum Yeah, and presents significant potential for asteroid mining. How about that? Uh, Actually, when it... That, that's the future of industry, right? Exactly. I mean, it is going to happen. Right? Asteroid hunters yeah. and mining them, obtain all the minerals. It's going to happen, right? We, we already have a, a probe landing on an asteroid and staying there, right? We've been there, done that. Yes, now we just have to find out a way to just transport back all the materials. Well, I'm sure you're aware that NASA actually have a plan, or and as far as I know it's been signed off, which is for an American mission 
uh-huh. to actually capture a small asteroid. Oh, yeah, and try with uh, thrusters or something, trying to make it get in an orbit. Around the moon. Yes, around the moon, and yeah. keep it there in orbit. So that they can then land on it and prod it and do an alien probe. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that stuff that they keep doing to us, <laughs> we're going to do to one of their asteroids. Right? Yeah, take that. Yeah, <laughs> take that, Greys. That's what... <laughs> So in your face, <laughs> in your face, spaceman. Yes. So yeah. So the the totally fascinating thing, of course, is that this thing is worth literally an unbelievable fortune. Yeah. And there is a company called Planetary Resources who are um, evolving plans to do asteroid mining, and. We've got a link to it in our um, in our show notes, and uh, yeah, I yeah. mean it's very interesting that the fact that uh, it has platinum yeah. and it's big, it, it, that's what makes it valuable. Now, there's an interesting point here about this kind of stuff, right? Why is platinum so expensive? Because it's so rare. It's rare in our planet. So, what if? You got. You were able to access a source of platinum that was so huge. Let us say it was a hundred or a thousand times the current annual market for platinum. What would that do to the price of platinum? Drop it. So you could. There is this argument that says that yes, there are all these resources in asteroids, but unless you actually control. The asteroid the, en- and the, the entry of the resources yeah. into the markets you will to keep collapse the same the yeah exactly right? huh. yeah. so there's this thought mm-hmm. uh, in economics that actually asteroid mining could cause a um, an economic uh, catastrophe economic, yeah, yeah of course which is an interesting thought right? uh-huh so oh and now we have a, a very interesting one as well uh-huh Biotech. Oh, yeah. This is quite interesting, isn't it? And I know the brand. I like the brand, actually. Oh, this North Face. North Face, yeah. yeah. Isn't he the guy, the North Face guy? Oh, no, it's that guy who runs that company, Patagonia, isn't it? He died in a kayaking accident. Uh-huh. Oh, North Face no. is somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's good big, stuff, right? Big one, big company, good stuff and yeah. quality stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, what about that? Well, the North Face... Uh, they are making, uh, they, well, it's a prototype still. They release a prototype called uh, the Moon Parka, mm. a coat whose outer shell is spun from a synthetic spider silk. I know. So harvesting natural spider silk is a very time-consuming process. It takes a lot of time to well, produce they don't want to stand still. a little silk. They don't yeah. want to stand still. No, of you course. You have to have very tiny milking machines. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. extremely tiny. <laughs> They're very fidgety. Yes, but mm. so for this process, mm. protein from the spider silk uh, fibroin is created by the use of bioengineered microbes. That's right. So these microbes actually excrete. Produce and excrete this, yes. Yeah. Amazing. So it? as part of the research, Spiver isolated the gene that is responsible for the production of uh, of this uh, fibroin in spiders and introduced it into bioengineered bacteria. Mm. And as a result, the bacteria produce a material as they grow. It's a waste material. For yes, them. it's just waste. The protein is then collected and spun into an artificial silk. Yeah. 
the collaboration hopes that they can release the code for commercial sale, sale by 2016. I know. And the obviously one of the interesting things about Spider Silk is that it is actually weight for weight stronger than steel. Yeah. It is unbelievably strong. And well, imagine that, uh, well, it has the strength, for example, to hold a spider. Translate, it's just like with ants. Yeah. Ants, uh, the strength that they have. Against the weight. Against the weight. Well, imagine that you transform that weight into our size. Exactly. It's like superhumans. Yeah. So imagine that the strength of like a spider Spider-Man. web, if it holds, if he can make his own spider web and holds himself. Yeah. Unbelievable. That doesn't mean that we can just throw a jacket and maybe hold from I, it and I, I swing around. I certainly wouldn't recommend that. Okay. That, that is a crazy I, I thought maybe I could, I could try to do that. I'd let you try it. <laughs> but I think we need to be on ground level when you do it. Okay. And actually, in the, uh, check the website, uh, mm-hmm. the show notes, because there's a link to it. And, there is, and there is an image, and actually the jacket looks beautiful. It looks pretty cool. It just actually. looks beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you would you wouldn't imagine it's made of spider silk. You would not at all. I mean, I don't know whether when you wear this kind of thing around spiders, uh-huh. whether they you would try attract. to mate with you or something. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'd I'd certainly be wary of wearing it in a tarantula, um, you know, a vivarium in a zoo or something. I think I would hang leave the coat in the car uh-huh. and put something else on. A woolly jumper or something. Yeah. But um, an amazing potential product. Uh Uh-huh. Not that we cover commercial products, but if North Face would like Rafa and I to try... We can try, yes, of course. We would. So we're we're willing to try it. We would be uh, new jacket test pilots, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. We we would. I, I would like that completely. Yeah. We need... So if somebody knows somebody yeah, if you're <laughs> from listening, the North Face, just tell them that we can do that, okay? We're your guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah. Another one about technology. That one, this one is also very interesting. Yeah. The applications that it can have, it's mm. incredible. Mm. Uh scientists develop paper that can store energy. Like a battery, right? Like a battery. Yeah. And uh it's made by the Linkoping University Laboratory of Organic Electronics in Sweden. Yeah. And this type of material has the ability to store energy and charges in seconds. And made from, from renewables. renewable materials. Unbelievable. Because until now, batteries are a, the full a of problem. stuff. Yes, because uh, they can uh, contaminate uh, our yeah. environment. They got rare earths in them. Yes, they lead. cannot be really deposable. They will stay until the end of times yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hanging around. Yeah. And the fact that this is uh, renewable materials. Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And uh, imagine the amount of applications that you can do or have for this paper. As long as you don't have to wear one of those suits that they're wearing. Oh, yes. No, but uh, look at the paper here. Oh, look at that. Uh, Of course, the main thing that you can think about is batteries. Yeah. 20 nanometer in diameter is that thin. Unbelievable. Right. It's extremely thin. It's cellulose fibers, nanocellulose. And can they stack them? I think they can stack them or something. And yes, like. of course. And then you could create like a super battery there. Well, 
I mean, one of the one of the aims of these kinds of technologies is actually to make it so that you can mould the material so that it literally forms the case of the object it's powering. And it becomes a power source of yeah. it. So you can imagine a car body being the battery of the car. And it could get from the light its battery absorbed in seconds. So you just need to have some sun on the day. This is crazy stuff. And just run on yeah. two days, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> If, because it can store a lot of power in there. Well, if, if you have a huge enough surface area. That's why, that's why they call it the power paper. Power paper. Cool. Obviously, this uh, goes a lot with electronics, like what about phones? Yeah. Everybody complains about the battery of phones. Yeah. So it should be interesting, uh, uh, this one. Mm. Mm. And if we're talking about mobile phones... And talking about flexible technology... We now have to talk about Samsung. If we must. At least we're not talking about Apple. That's fine by me. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, this um, folding phone stuff. Uh We've all seen the movies, right? Yes. Like Minority Report, if I recall. Minority Report, and there was a a movie called, I think, Mission to Mars or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. They had this flexible display. So, I think... a. The problem, as we've discussed previously, is that a lot of these technologies, when they finally arrive, we're kind of ever so slightly unexcited because we've been seeing them for so long in movies. In movies. We kind of assume they already exist, and of course they don't. (laughs) And and this is one of them, right? This flexible phone stuff. So uh, this is going to be interesting. Um, Well, uh, some people are saying that, well, they filed a patent. So, and they have shown before mm. since like three years ago or two years ago. Mm. Yeah. 2013 yeah. was the first time they show a foldable phone. Mm. And during one of the CES, the right. Consumer Electronics Show in uh-huh. Las Vegas. And you can just fold it completely, have it in a small tube, have it just folded yeah. in half and yeah. expand it. Yep. And you have a big screen to work with. Would you like to be an early adopter? For yes, technology like I would like to be also a beta tester of that. I think I'd rather be a beta tester than an early adopter. Yeah, of course. And you have to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> that's um, what I'm saying. Samsung, we're here. Yeah. We're volunteers. Again, and we've got the jackets. We can take them outside. Yes, and, and we have, can be outside yeah. with our rollable phones, foldable yeah. phones. In our spider silk jackets. Yeah, uh-huh. Good. That sounds very good. I, I think we've got a team thing going there. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds great. And, uh, well, according to uh, some rumors, uh, next year, when Samsung launches the uh-huh. S7 and the S7 Edge, they are going to launch the first generation of foldable yeah. smartphones. I think you will eat your hat if that happens. I'm not going to yeah. say I'll eat my hat because that's clearly ridiculous. <laughs> but you could eat your hat if that happens. I don't believe that will happen. I don't think it's going to be next year. No. It's too early. Yeah. Although we, they have shown it and working, but, yeah. you it, know, it probably, to be mass production. They probably work for 10 minutes and then they have to shove it in a drawer and get another one out. Right? <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, somebody had an issue like that, no? Uh, recently, I don't remember which product was. Uh, that suddenly, oops, it's not working. <laughs> it, it wasn't that the company who manufactures that indestructible foam 
and they um, drop it. I, I think it was a CES. <laughs> it was a CES, and this uh, journalist came along with a camera crew, and this company had this uh, indestructible film that sold for a lot of money. Um, and uh, the journalist said, "Can I? Can I try it?" And they gave it to him, and uh, they gave him a hammer, and uh, it hit the film with the hammer, and it broke. <laughs> <laughs> Live on camera. <laughs> so uh, so you've got to be careful with this. Yes. Stuff, right? And they were like, oops. Yeah. Get the brush. Yeah. Because um, you know what's going to happen. If Samsung come out with this um, this foldable screen, some somebody s- will try to break it first. Some smart aleck will come along and try and do an origami with it or something. <laughs> and go, well, you, you, you said it was foldable. <laughs> yeah. So pay me back my, give me back my money, right? Yeah, exactly. So what else have we got left? Have we got anything well, left? I think for for now that's uh, enough. I think we've done. Yeah, we, we talked about a few of them. In fact, there are more. And but, we're going to put more stuff in the show notes. So go check. Yeah. And if you have more news that we should have uh, talked about in the show, yeah. write us a comment there and write, give us a link to them. Or if you're from North Face or Samsung, obviously. Yes, contact us and tell us. We'd love to Don't worry, you. you will get your jackets. We'll send you our sizes. And you will get a foldable phone as well. Yeah, and we'll give you a rave <laughs> review. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, should we also ask for a rocket? <laughs> uh, we can ask. We could better test a rocket. I think the thing yeah. is, if you don't ask, you don't get, do you? Yeah. So. What can we better test in a rocket? I would be quite happy just to go to SpaceX's control center. Oh, and see that would a be launch. awesome, right? A launch, a launch, participating one. I'd yeah. love to see that. So we can go there with our jackets. Uh, jacket, seal, uh, spider silk jackets, with our foldable phones in the SpaceX uh, control yeah. command center. That would be cool. Yes. Well, we have a doctor checking us with a tricorder. Exactly. I, I, there's a program right there. Yeah. Let's let's let's. That's a up. great idea. Let's we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's make it happen. <laughs> In two thousand and six. <laughs> yes. Do you think that's like a New Year's? Uh... Yeah, a New Year's fantasy. <laughs> yeah, sounds more like that. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we're not on drugs, are we? <laughs> no. Just coffee. Yeah. And gingerbread. Yes, and gingerbread because it's almost Christmas. It's Christmas. So. We're full of Christmas. Carl. Yes, Rafa. Thank you so much thank for you. this show of The Rabbit Hole. Have a great holidays. And you too. Thank you for listening to Down the Rabbit Hole. We talk to you next week. Yeah. Enjoy your holidays. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Darkmind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Darkmind Radio, 2015.